For those of you who are visiting with us today, and there are, are some, and there's, there's a couple in the overflow room that, that, that came last night. You guys, thanks for being here. God bless you both. Um, we had a, a group of people, quite a full amount of people in the overflow room, the first service. And, and so I realized that there are a lot of you who are visiting, and thank you for that. We, we, uh, we count it a privilege to have church here. We count it a privilege to have you in our midst. We thank you from the bottom of our heart. And I want to tell you something up front. No, no hidden agenda. My message is really for those of you that don't go to church very often. And I know you're here. <laughs> I know it. I know, you know, you, that you got threatened. If you don't come to church today, of all days, you don't eat with us. You know, that type of thing, you know. So I know you're here, and I thank you for being here. I am thank you, thankful from the bottom of my heart. What I would love for you to do today, if possible, through the message, is to give you a, a glimpse of who Jesus Christ is. You see, it's, it's, um, it's beyond me, beyond me, but, but maybe it's just me. And don't think of me like I'm just a pastor, I'm supposed to say this. No, as a human being, it's beyond me that people would take a look, a good hard look at Jesus Christ and reject him. But there are many that do. I understand that. I get it. I'm not naive enough to think that. But I think if someone was to look at him as clearly as, as, clearly as possible, I think that you would give him at least a an understanding of who he is, a, 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 a fair fight in this whole battle of, of who's God and, and who is Jesus Christ and, and why did he come to this earth? Why, why do we celebrate Easter? Why do we say he is risen? Well, he is risen indeed because, you see, history tells us beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was a person by the name of Jesus Christ who walked this earth some 2,000 years ago and he was nailed upon a cross and crucified but the Bible tells us he wasn't just crucified. The Bible tells us he was crucified for a reason, for a purpose. He was crucified so that he might shed his blood for those of us who would believe in him for the forgiveness of our sin. Now, I understand that's pretty hard to grasp all of that. You mean to say, all my sin he's died for? The Bible says yes. Not only that, the Bible says this. He says that the Bible says that he died for our sins and he then separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. I don't have no idea if that's east or west. I, I wouldn't know. But um, just pretend it is. If those of you that are smart about directions don't say, well, boy, does he not even know he's east from the west? Look at him. But it's, he separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. And then he says, I remember your sins. Whoa, what was that? No more? you kidding you're kidding. You see, I think if someone takes a good, good look at that person that has come to claim to be God, who proved to be God by raising people from the dead, by walking on water, by calming the seas, by healing every type of disease there ever was. And then to go to the cross, die upon the cross, and three days later, raise himself from the dead. I'd have to say, you better take a good look at this guy. There's something unique about him. Then, if you do take a good look at him and you decide, I can't believe in him, I can't trust in him, that's okay then, that's your business. But at least you've given him a fair shot. At least you've done that. And so, uh, without any hidden agenda, without any apologies, for those of you that are visiting, that's why I'm speaking. I'm speaking to you. I want you to hear the gospel so that at least you could say you had a fair shake what does it mean to really know Jesus Christ? 
I can't do that all-encompassing thing in just a short period of time, but I can give it a fairly good shot. And so what I want you to think about as we go into this service is, is just give him your, your attention for, it's about 20 minutes to, um, to noon. We'll go to about 10 after. So let's give, me 30, 30, give him 30, seconds, 30 minutes. 30 minutes of your time. Let's think about it. Let's pray first. Father, I, the reason I like to pray is so that I would empty myself of anything that might be me, that you would separate me from this message, that, that people would not see me at all, but would see the wonders of who you are, your son, and, and be able to, to grasp him in, in some way. And Father, would you open up our eyes, as it says in the book of Psalms, so that we might behold wonderful things from your law, your word. Let's not think about what does man have to say. What does God say about this whole idea of knowing his son and why he sent his son to this earth to live and to die and to raise again, to give all who would trust and believe in him everlasting life. It's uh, almost too, too wonderful to comprehend, Father. Please help us to grasp it. If, if, if you wouldn't mind, Father, touch the hearts of those who are just visiting who don't normally go to church. I pray that you'll touch them deeply, Father. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, you can't say that I didn't tell you exactly what I was trying to do. I did. After the service, let me just say this. There's going to be a, a bite to eat in our, what we call our cafe. It's right across the hall. If you want to get something to eat, please do. Sandwiches and cookies and coffee and anything. Normally, on uh, Sundays, during, during the week, normally not Easter, we have a breakfast in between the services. I think it's the best breakfast in town. Number one, it's free. <laughs> so you can't complain about that too much. But the truth of the matter is we, we do a really nice breakfast. And so if you have someone, say you owe someone a meal, right? And, uh, and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and you say, you know, I'll buy you, a, I'll buy you a breakfast next week. Let's go to this place called uh, the Rock Church and, and they have breakfast. And I'll buy you breakfast. You don't have to pay got out of it. So uh, you're welcome to come and, and to spend time with us. We're, we're open on uh, Saturday evenings at 5, and we're open on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. That's enough of a commercial, isn't it not? Let me just get to the point. There, there are times, I, I'm sure, when you see. I think all of us understand that. But there are times when you really see. Let me explain what I try to mean in this. I was playing, I was, I was a young man in Hawaii, and I frequent a restaurant. Um, I, lived, I lived there for a while. I frequent a restaurant that I, I went to often, so often that I knew the owner. It was, the restaurant was called Mateo's. Uh, I knew the owner, Matty. I knew all the waiters, and uh, I knew the people that worked there. And, and so when I used to go in to get a bite to eat, uh, there would always be only one waiter to wait on me. It was Vinny. It was always Vinny. Vinny waited on me. And Vinny never asked me what I wanted to eat. Never. He always just served me. He... he he gave me what was really, really special in the back. And one day I was in there, one evening I was in there, and the owner walked in, and as I was sitting, and he was, had to come down this long walkway, and with him was two really beautiful girls, and, and one was really, really beautiful. And so as they walked towards my booth, I, I said to Maddie, the owner, I said, Maddie, come join me. <laughs> and who are your friends, Maddie? And um, the one girl that I met at that time was now my wife for 40 years. 
Okay, she's in the service right now. Fell in love with her, and we fell in love, and I married her. Well, I'd seen a lot of girls before. Honestly, I did. I know I'm ugly, but I saw a lot of girls. <laughs> but I've never seen anyone like Kay. My point is, is there's times in your life and my life where we observe things, and then there's other times when we become just captivated, captivated by the moment. Each of you, I, I know, each of you knows exactly what I mean. The, the moment you saw it, the moment you saw him, the moment you saw her for the very first time. As a matter of fact, David Briggs, who preached uh, our Good Friday service um, Friday evening, he just had a, the birth on Friday of his grandson. And after the message, he went to see him, and he texted me that night, and he said, I now really grasp the message because I saw my grandson for the very first time. You know, was it him? Was it her that you saw? Was it your child? I'll never forget my mom. God bless her heart. <laughs> first time she saw her firstborn, John Mark. You know, I'm, when you're in the hospital and they have the kids in these, uh, these little things and they're kind of uh, got a railing, my mom is a kisser. She'll kiss anything, anyone, everybody that walks. Uh, my, uh, she, she, I thought she was going to strangle herself on that thing, trying to kiss little John Mark. First time she saw him, she just fell deeply in love with him. How about you? The moment you saw them, the moment you saw and you knew that you had to at least get to know them. Now, most of us know what that means, to see someone we just have to meet. But have you ever considered Jesus Christ in this way? You know what it's like to truly, truly see him finally for who he is for the first time. The book of Hebrews says these words. It's in the, the 12th chapter, the 2nd and 3rd verse. You really don't need to look it up unless you want to. I'm just going to mention a few words. And I, I will, if you have your Bibles, I will tell you to turn in a moment to a couple places. But I just would rather you just kind of listen. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, it says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And it says in the third verse, Consider him. The Apostle John puts it this way in the, in, in, in the epistle of 1 John. John wrote the, book of the Gospel of John. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are four Gospels that tell about the life of Christ. Well, the epistle, that's a letter, was written later on in the New Testament. And it is a, a letter written by John, 1 John chapter 1. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, John puts it like this. What was from the beginning, speaking of Jesus Christ, what was from the beginning, came from the beginning, before everything was created, anything was created, He was. What was from the beginning, He says, we have heard, now listen to this, and we have seen with our eyes. What we have looked at and what we have touched concerning the word of life. The very one we celebrate this Easter. The one who resurrected himself to give you and me life if we would so choose to allow him to do so. John writes, we saw him with our own eyes. 
Then John goes on to say in verse 2 of 1 John chapter 1, and that life was manifested. In other words, it was displayed before us and we have seen Him. We've seen Him, folks. And we testify, he writes, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested, shown to us. Verse 3, what we have seen and what we have heard we proclaim to you. He goes on to say in the fourth verse, these things we write to you so that you may, so that your joy may be made complete, full. The writer of Hebrews says it quite similarly. He says, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, he says in verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus In other words, look upon Him with great purpose. I mean, look at Him. Really take a look at Him. Who does He claim to be? What has He done? Why why do we make such a fuss about Him in churches across this world in which we live? Fix your eyes on Him. Consider Him. If you would please, I would ask you to consider our Lord. Why? Well, I want you to hear what other people say about him first in the Bible. When they finally saw him and they finally considered who he was. Of all people, Pilate at his trial, the trial of Jesus Christ, before they nailed him on the cross, Pilate was his judge. And he, even though Pilate condemned Jesus Christ to death, he wrote upon the cross of Jesus, this is on the on the tradition tells us it was written up on the top of the cross. This is Jesus the Nazareth, the King of the Jews. They had asked them, the Jews did, to take that sign down. He was not their king. He says, I leave that sign up. This is Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. When he was upon the cross, nailed there, dying, shedding his blood for the sin of this world, there were two thieves. One was on one side, the other on the other. One of the thieves was hurling abuse at Jesus, telling him, look, if you're you're who you say you are, get down off the cross and take us with you. The other one stopped him from what he was saying, and he said, look, we deserve our sentence, it says. But he has done nothing wrong And then, the Bible tells you and me, turning to Jesus, this thief on the cross, turning and looking at Jesus, said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your... Wow, what a statement. Here's this guy that was a thief, a good-for-nothing guy that was dying on a cross... And he looks at Jesus Christ and he pleads for mercy. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Without a hesitation, the Bible says, Jesus Christ looked back at him and said, Today, hmm, have I forgotten? What is it? What did he tell him? Today, you will be with me in paradise. I really hadn't forgotten. Today, you will be with me in paradise. This thief who had done nothing 
right, who deserved to die on the cross, pleaded for forgiveness, and he received it. Think about that. The world has never seen a heart so pure and yet so willing to forgive as Jesus Christ. All he asks of you and you and me and those in the overflow room, all he asks of us is to consider him, to see him, and hopefully believe. A guard who was watching this scene on the cross saw what took place. He said these words, certainly this man talking of Jesus was innocent. You see, God urges you and me to fix our eyes on Jesus, not only at his, as an adult dying on the cross, but when he was a child. The shepherds came to the manger. They, they followed a star. They saw the commotion and they came into this manger where this child was being born. And laying their eyes upon Jesus, we are told, they heard the angels from heaven above proclaim glory to God in the highest. Never have these shepherds seen such a splendor, such glory, all wrapped up in a swaddling cloth as a child who would eventually grow to be a man who would, yes, go to the cross, live his life, say the things that he would say, die and raise himself from the dead to assure the forgiveness of sin, the very purpose that we as Christians celebrate this day so highly. You see, we believe with all of our hearts that our sins have been forgiven. That's a big deal to me. Then there was this older man who worked in the temple. When Jesus Christ became a man, just before he was nailed to the cross, he was he was walking the earth and there was a man that worked in the temple by the name of Simeon. He was older. He was a faithful guy that served in the temple and, and, and he had asked of God in his prayers, God, do not let me die before I see the coming Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And God promised Simeon in a dream that he would not die before he saw the promised coming Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And when Jesus Christ walked into the temple where Simeon was, Simeon, seeing Jesus Christ, said these words in Luke chapter 2. Listen. Simeon said, God, you can now release me, your servant, in peace. For with my own eyes I have seen your salvation. I want you to know something. These examples that I just gave, it's not just for them thousands of years ago. No, on the contrary, it's for you and me today. We are all welcomed to come and to consider Jesus Christ, to see Him for who He truly is. I promise you if you do, and I have no right to do this, but I, let me just say it this way, I, I believe if you do, you'll never be the same. Never. You might think, well, Pastor, you're wrong. Well, I challenge you to go search for an example of one person, just one person, who truly desired to seek after and to see Jesus Christ for who He was and was turned away. You won't find them. Oh, you'll find examples of those who didn't seek to see Him, 
therefore never really came to know and trust and believe in him. Uh, remember the first guy I talked about, Pilate, who condemned him but rid, wrote on the, on the cross, this is Jesus the Nazareth. This is the one who is the king of the Jews. When, when Pilate was judging him, his wife came to him and said, you better be careful about this one called Jesus. I had a dream about him, and I realized that Jesus is a righteous man. But he didn't heed her warning. Or the many myriads of religious leaders who preferred to argue with Jesus Christ rather than to stop and look and see and consider who He is. No, they rather argue about Him. By the way, are you one of those? I've met myriads of you guys. People who would rather argue about religion. And then, you know, you argue about religion and you say, well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. And then you hand them your Bible. Show, where, where is that? Ah, I can't get I don't know out. I don't know. They just have heard that Jesus is not worthy of be following. But He is. Stop arguing. Start considering. Give Him a good, good look. And then once you give Him a good, good look, if you then want to argue, so be it. But give Him a good look. He deserves that. And so do you. But for those of us who sought after Him, we have always been rewarded. As it says in Hebrews chapter 11, 6, great verse, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, we all have to come the same way. We come by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For they who come to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who, isn't it interesting, seek after Him. For those who seek after Him, who see Him for who He is, He will reward. There's a great example from the Word of God about a guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was, was small in stature, the Bible says. Jesus Christ was coming to his town. His town was Jericho. And, and the, the, the streets were lined with people. And Zacchaeus, being small, couldn't bust through them, couldn't see over them, didn't know what to do. And then he saw a, what? A tree. He saw a tree. And what did he do? He shimmied up the tree. <laughs> He's a grown man climbing a tree so he could see Jesus Christ. And when he saw him, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 19 that Jesus saw Zacchaeus and said to Zacchaeus, Hurry on down, Zacchaeus. Today I will stay in your home. I wonder if you'd be willing to do the same. And by that I mean, I wonder if you'd be willing to go out on a limb to see Jesus Christ. Not everybody does, you know. But how about you? Would you give him a look? How about imitating Zacchaeus and risk whatever it takes to really take a good, hard look at Jesus Christ? Consider him. I want to close with one of my favorite stories within the Word of God. It's in the book of Luke. If you want to and you have a Bible, you might want to turn to Luke chapter 24. In Luke chapter 24, it's right after the, the death of Jesus Christ. They had now nailed Him to the cross. The trial is over with. 
they, uh, they marched him up uh, the, the hill to Calvary. Uh, they, they nailed him to a cross. And there, he's, there he is dying. And these men were on their way to a, a town called Emmaus. And on their way to Emmaus, they were talking with one another. Just, just talking about what had taken place in Jerusalem. Watch this story unfold. It's, it's, it's incredible. You're gonna, I think you're going to like it. Watch. As they were going on their way, it says, two of them were going to Emmaus. It was about a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem. So they're walking down the road. And they were conversing. It's, uh, by the way, I'm in, chapter, I'm in chapter 24 of Luke. And I'm now in the 14th verse. And they were conversing with one another about the things which had just taken place. It came about that while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus Himself approached them and began traveling with them, walking alongside of them. Can you even imagine? I'm telling you, if there was any place in Scripture I would have loved to have been, it would have been with these two dudes on the road to Emmaus. And I'll show you why. You'll see it in a minute. Watch what happens. He, our Lord Jesus, prevented them from recognizing Him. So they don't know who He is. They just see this guy walking alongside of them. And then He said to them, Now you've got to catch, you gotta catch the, the sense of humor of our Lord. If you miss it, you've missed a lot about Him. He's walking alongside of them, and he says to them in verse 17, What are these things that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? They stood there looking sad. One of them, his name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which are happening here in these days? And our Lord says... What things? I mean, look at him. He's fishing these guys right in. What things? And they said, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene. He was a prophet. He was mighty indeed. He was mighty in word. He was mighty in the sight of God and all the people. And a chief priest and our, and our rulers delivered him up to it. A sentence of death. They crucified him. You don't know that? I, I added, you don't know that. I just threw that in. Listen to, their, listen to their lament. But we, this is verse 21, but we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. It's been three days now since these things have happened, they tell us. Some of the women... Verse 22 and 3, went to the tomb. He wasn't there. They're claiming that he is alive. Jesus said in verse 25, I've heard this in my imagination hundreds, if not a thousand times. I hear the Lord say to me when I'm going through difficulties, Oh, you fool. He says to them, Oh, you foolish man and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. 
And here's when I wished I would have been with them. He says, was it not necessary for the Christ to die, to suffer these things, and to enter into his glory? And then beginning with the prophet, beginning with Moses, and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Folks, I would have loved to have been at that class. That would have been one thing I would have loved to have studied with him. He was talking with them and, and they got to a village and he acted in verse 28 as though he was going to go through it. That he wasn't going to stop with them and they begged him. They urged him in verse 29, stay with us. Stay with us. I know what they're thinking. Tell us more. Tell us more about this one called Jesus. And he stayed with them, it says in verse 29. And then it came about, about in verse 30 when they were at a, a table to get a bite to eat. He took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. And then, folks, verse 31, all about what we are talking about today, their eyes became opened and they recognized him. They saw him for who he was. That's what I'm praying for you about. I'm praying with all of my heart that you'll not walk away from here without desiring to learn a little bit more about Jesus Christ. Unashamedly, I will tell you this. We study the Bible here. We don't study about traditions. We don't study about religiosity. We don't study about how you can be really good. We study about how you can come to know Jesus Christ. And we study the Bible line upon line, word after word. We go through it all, and we see what it has to say to us. And then we allow you to make your decision about the Lord. We would encourage you to come here and learn about the Savior. It is my deepest, deepest desire for you that you would kind of take that as a, I don't know, challenge isn't a great word, but take it as a, a process in your life to try to find out more about Him. It went, they went back, these two men that went back to the the disciples, and they said to the disciples, the Lord has really risen, guys. They said that we recognized Him. We saw Him. Like these two men on the road to Emmaus. They're not coming to take me off. I'm not, I'm not, they're going to pull them off the stage. He's talked too long. We're going to play one more song before we close. But like these two men on the road to Emmaus, these men whose hearts burned within them when they heard about Jesus Christ, when they truly saw Him for who He was. You see, the rewards of those who seek after Jesus Christ are monumental. He doesn't reward those who seek after religi religiosity. He doesn't, he doesn't reward those who goes after men's traditions about what does religion say. No, he, he wants us to know what he says about religion. He doesn't go after those who seek after false religious beliefs. No, he, he just wants you to know the pureness of him. And so I beg of you to come here to the rock, if you don't mind me saying that. We will allow you to see Jesus and he alone, no other stuff, just Jesus, and allow you to make a a decision on your own, whether you desire to follow Him or not. You see, that's your choice. And the reward, the reward will go to all who settle for nothing less than to finally 
see and believe in Jesus Christ. And what is the reward? Oh, man. Oh, it's eternal life. It's eternal life that is given to all of us who see Jesus and finally believe and trust in only Him. I'll tell you this, God loves you just the way you are, but He loves you so much that He won't allow you to stay as you are. To help conform you into the image of His Son. He won't make you cookie cutter. We're not here all the same. We're all different. We're all different, but we all believe in the same God. And for you to become like God wants you to become, you'll have to see everything about Him. And we will teach you about His birth, about His life, most importantly, His words, not ours, His death, and His resurrection. It's what we celebrate today, Easter. That's why it's so important to those of us who come to church. You see, for those of us who come to church, every Sunday is Easter. We, we worship a risen Savior every single day of our life. Sometimes I think we celebrate this time just for those of you that come to church only once or twice a year so that we can maybe show you the wonders of our Savior. 